Happy Thursday and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Into the Night Minute, a show where each and every week teams of Movies by Minute podcasters get together and talk about probably one of the most forgotten but sort of funny uh, John Landis comedies, the 1985 John Landis-directed film Into the Night. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane, this week of Airport Minute, Apollo 13 Minute, 007 Minute, and uh, Rocketeer Minute. And I'm... uh... Host number two, Mark Cerulli, uh, occasional podcaster, uh, kind of a kind of an LA lounge lizard, I guess I would say. And uh, but Jim called me up and asked me to talk about this great movie, and uh, I'm only too happy to do it. Well, yeah, Mark, I do appreciate you being back on. And the last time we were we were in this movie, we were talking about Randy's Donuts, which is uh, just up the street from you. So. Uh... We're going to get into a little bit, a little bit more of the uh, the LA scene here. Th- this one is the uh, uh, we start with a brief mention with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer there at the uh, LA Flower Mart, which is off of Seventh uh, Seventh downtown, down there near the Bradbury Building and all that. So the Ray Bradbury Building. Yeah, maybe. Well, it was in it was in Blade Runner, so it's uh, it's it's all part of the the downtown scene, which uh, uh, it's not exactly the nicest part of town to be in when you're. When you're in L.A., there are it, unfortunately there are fewer and fewer nicest parts of L.A. Uh, to be in. It's, uh, but hey, I'm sure I'm sure uh, the government will figure it all out. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, apparently they can cover it with flowers. Whatever it happens, <laughs> it is, uh, the the flower mart is huge. And uh, as we talked about previously in this week, uh, the flower mart's open to the public in the morning from six a.m. to noon, but uh, late at night, which is when Michelle Pfeiffer is there, somewhat illegally, unless she had a, a free pass somehow. That's really for the trades. They're open from mm. two a.m. to six a.m. to get all those uh, those nice bouquets and things out to the. Beverly Hills Inn and the Hyatts and uh, down there in uh, the Sheraton Hotel at Universal Studios. And all it's that a stuff. suspension of disbelief. That's true. You know, she can she basically pulls out a pass that gets her in anywhere. Right. She's got that. Uh, Michael her face Jackson. is her pass. Yeah, she's got that and the Michael Jackson Thriller jacket on. So you know, how do you how do you beat that? So she's lo- she's loading up what looks like about eighteen dozen uh, <laughs> rose bushes that are going to hide the uh, three perfect emeralds from a. Uh, from a Shah's crown, an ancient Persian king's crown, mm. and uh, and then we get we get back to uh, the old Jeff Jeff and Irani Pappas there uh, trying to negotiate a deal as to why this is a good deal. Irani Pappas, I mean, what what an actress! You, you these days pr- people have pretty much sadly forgotten about her, but she was a big big international star. Uh, I remember her from uh, the Guns of Navarone. Yeah. Yeah, she and, was she was nasty in the Guns of Navarro. Really but in, in this in this uh, clip, you can still see what a great actress she is. I mean, you just look at that face, all the emotion that she conveys. I mean, just yeah. amazing. Yeah, kind of kind of oddball, a Greek playing a Persian in a, in this movie. But she's uh, just you know she's all in the, that that same on, region. On top, yeah, Eastern Mediterranean. She's doing a good job though. And that that boy that that choker that she's got on with a ruby that's the size of a chicken egg it's mm. <laughs> it doesn't come cheap <coughs> plastic, but, yeah, plastic. <coughs> Hollywood. Plastic. it's okay yeah <laughs> and uh and we're back with uh, the savak crew led by uh, john landis yeah what a great makeup job huh the the <laughs> the having his throat slit 
Well, he didn't have to speak. He didn't have to speak Farsi if he had his, if he had his throat slit. So clever, clever, uh, clever maneuver by the uh, the screenwriting. And it's it, this is an interesting point in the you know this is like Jeff Goldblum's character at this point is both at his strongest and at his weakest. He's he's met up with the big baddie of the movie. He's there mm-hmm. with with uh, Shaheen as Irene Pappas. Sha- Shaheen is the big bad that's been killing all these people just to get just to get their her hands on those on those perfect uh, emeralds mm. and uh she can't figure out what his game is and and really she's laying it out very succinctly i mean if you have these you know the literally the crown jewels of iran and you're selling them for 25 grand and you're going to split that in half with michelle pfeiffer i mean that doesn't even that that doesn't wash why wouldn't you ask for millions for, right. for something like that or some oil yeah, anything. Just <laughs> a, li- a lifetime supply of high test. Yeah, <laughs> but she, you know, she can't figure it out, and it, it does make sense. I'm, the The thing is that this is this is setting itself up for an elaborate joke that'll be on tomorrow. Mm. But it's, uh, I, I I keep getting the feeling just watching this that it's um. Landis Landis had a had a means to get Irene Pappas in as his you know guest villain and. <laughs> He's just trying to figure out some more airtime with her. And the only way he can do it is set up this kind of fake argument mm-hmm. of why shouldn't she agree. And it's like, I would think at this point she could make the deal, get the stones, and get away from it. But she's so used to having tricks played on her with this thing, especially with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's character, Diana. that She always seems to be one step behind, and she just doesn't trust anything going on. Um and it's funny. I was trying to think of uh, other other Jeff Goldblum movies where he's playing a, pretty much a straight character. And for this minute, he's actually playing a straight character. And he's not he's not really playing Jeff Goldblum. You know, I mean, usually when you think of Jeff Goldblum, it's it's like Jurassic hiring, Park. Yeah, yeah. You, you think of Jurassic Park. You think of uh, the uh, Fly. Yeah, or uh, Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. He he pretty much plays himself now. I mean, when he's mm. when he's in those apartment dot dot com commercials, it's Jeff Goldblum playing Jeff Goldblum. But he really hadn't developed the Jeff Goldblum character here, so he actually has to he has to act and pretend that he's being sincere. So it, mm. it works. It works good for at least this minute. Well, the the thing that kind of dates this movie is do you remember when Corduroy was in? <laughs> yeah, that was uh, Carl Carl Sagan was still alive. Yeah. <laughs> There's a scene earlier in this movie where they're in a, uh, a costume, not a costume, sorry, a haberdashery, and uh, they're trying. They're trying. <laughs> That's on. a word you don't hear very often. Yeah, yeah, you don't get to use that. I mean, most people are dressing. You know, what what kind of sweatsuit do you want? But back in the days, <laughs> Men's warehouse. Get a get a tailor. Yeah, get a t- you don't get three three suits for uh, for three hundred dollars or something. Oh my god! But one of the one of the things that I noticed very when they were hairy. in when they were in that uh, that tail that that tailoring shop. Many of the coats were either like the uh, the seersucker look mm. or corduroy, and just the days of seersucker and corduroy are, are pretty much over, or for that matter, wearing a with suit. good reason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's done. But I'm just waiting. Leisure suits are going to make a comeback. <laughs> the big wide lapels. Yeah. Something in a something in like a tan or a maroon. Whatever, whatever Roger Moore wore in Spy Who Loved Me. That's what I want to wear. <laughs> Oh yes, the days. Yes, the days gone by. Um, it's it's embarrassing, but you know, well, you know, there's never. I mean, we could we could switch to Bond here, but there's never been a really good Bond look. There's always somehow you get the uh, the baby blue onesies and stuff, and it's just right. 
not pleasant. Which, by uh, the way, this British fashion company brought that back and it sold out. Amazing. People it? are it's... wearing that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if anybody listening is wearing that, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, please send in a picture. You can find us always on social media there. Go, go to, uh, go to the uh, Into the Night Minute uh, Kings, uh, the King Lives Into the Night uh, Minute li- uh, listeners limo. But I would love to see some, some baby blue left. Actually, that was my uh, that was my junior prom. No, it was my senior prom. I wore a uh, baby blue tuxedo. You don't see those very often. <laughs> not, not outside of uh, well, I don't even think you see them in Salvation Army anymore. It's kind of that whole that whole flavor has has gone away. So it it could be a collector's item. I, I just I wasn't aware of it. But yeah, poor uh, poor Jeff. He has to uh, he has to act his way out of this one. He's, mm. He does a, a pretty admirable job. I still don't. I, going back with uh, with Michelle Pfeiffer in that uh, in that flower shop, I still don't get the idea that she can buy something. Well, I'm, all I'm assuming is that her her uh, sugar daddy uh, Jack Caper gave her some kind of a business card or saying you know give her anything she needs. But the idea that you can tie up you know three or four hundred roses uh, and leave them on a shopping cart and say that uh, you know my mother in law is going to pick them up later. That's Wow, that's a that's a big leap of faith. Yeah, yeah, especially in in the perishables market. But I guess uh, Mrs. Nakamura can has maybe dealt with them before. Maybe she said Shaheen, and it's like, oh yeah, I know her. She'll she'll pay. But uh, oh gosh, it really this you know looking at the fashions and looking at the the background, you definitely don't miss the '80s. All those pink walls and you know uh, remember the the Bombay Company, all the uh, the Bombay Company. Um, didn't they make uh, furniture? Yeah, all that furniture mm-hmm. and like everything was mahogany, everything was brass. And when you when you went to um, you know people's offices and things, the stuff in their offices kind of matched the stuff that was in their homes. It was all pink, brass, and mahogany, and mm. uh, it's just this whole place is covered with it. Um, I well, keep yeah, I, don't I mean know, I, I keep thinking about this this movie and. I don't know if there could be an 80s equivalent to it. It's uh, just simply so much of this stuff could be solved with cell phones. And uh, I think cell phones have destroyed the ability to make uh, action movies uh, plausible, unless unless you, you write in some way that the cell phones don't work. Right, right. But Or, or you, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, this was really right before all that. I mean, yeah, uh, I remember, before. what was it, Lethal Weapon 2 maybe? That that uh, uh, the Riggs character was making a call, and he had the cell phone, and it was like connected to a box. I yeah, mean, you know, like big a battery brick, pack. Brick. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And then yeah. after that, you know, cell phones were part of the landscape. Yeah, it's just I, w- I was watching the uh, the first season of uh, Twenty Four the other day with uh, mm-hmm. Kiefer Sutherland, and everybody there has these big clunky, you know, button. Uh, cell phones with little antennas sticking out of them and they're calling around and it was like the right the screenwriters had just discovered cell phones and uh you know the only thing that you could do with cell phones is make split screen (laughs) split screen images so you could have somebody on the left side of the screen and somebody on the right hand side of the screen and talking your way through through all the different uh adventures but it's yeah it it very much dates a movie if if you watch the first the very first uh tom cruise um mission impossible movie that was made just before it was 95 wasn't it was it 95 i yeah it, it was just before the like the actually 96 uh, it came out in 96 
Yeah, so it was, it was filmed in '95. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. So, but it was right on the brink of the internet, and mm-hmm. everything, everything, including email, was new. And there's this whole big thing about uh, where he's writing to uh, somebody who has the information, and he has this rather elaborate laptop, and he's typing up an email, and he just kind of makes up, he, he makes up a. Uh, an email called Job at 314 and sent, you know, and he hits the button and the, uh, the screen does this very elaborate thing of folding up an envelope and sending the email out. And then right. the email comes back as though, you know, it's pure magic that you could send somebody a message. Uh, you watch it nowadays. It's like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen, but that's, you know, it's 20 years in the past. So, Jeez. uh, time flies. Yeah, it does. Wow. Well, and speaking of time flying, this, this minute is kind of short and doesn't have much to it, but, uh, well, I was the perfect co-host for it then. <laughs> you're, you're ideal, um, but uh, we, we will have lots more to talk about uh, tomorrow as as this thing sort of comes off the rails. Well, we don't want to spoil things, but we'll we'll come back tomorrow for folks uh, wanting to listen into uh, to previous episodes. We're always available on the big site nightminute.com, and uh, you can also uh, reach a, you know you can also find us easily if you subscribe. Go to either well now it's called Apple Podcasts. It used to be iTunes, but now Apple Podcasts or uh, Google Play. And uh, as we said before, on uh, social media, you can find us at the uh, King Lives uh, uh, Listener's Limousine on Facebook or at uh, on Twitter at Night Minute. So uh, check back us with us here tomorrow as we go further into the night. Do we thank you or what? I'd say I fall in the or what category. 